Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Ah, yes, he is. DougOster.com. Doug Oster, disc gets to the Pittsburgh Newsline, continuing to join us via remote. Davey Tree, Dick Tree, Dick uh, Till coming up, of course, talking trees within about a half hour from now. But in the meantime, if you are the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, you're going to win a incredible $25 gift certificate from the good folks at Sorgles out in Wexford. And Doug wants to talk to you early and often, so start dialing and get lined up to get all of your questions answered. 866-391-1020. So here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Doug Oster. Good morning, Doug. Good morning. Well, Rob, today is the day. I've already been on the phone this morning, believe it or not, with Dick Till from the Davy <laughs> Tree Expert Company talking about your tree uh, you sent me some pictures. I sent them to Dick, and we've talked about what we think you got there. So we'll talk about that later in the show. Dick's also uh, going to talk about watering. In fact, that's what he is doing this morning. He's he's back at work uh, watering all the things that are going to be planted here pretty soon. So uh, we'll talk about that a little later on. And uh, yesterday I spent a lot of time in the garden. Uh, it was hot, but uh, I was watering from start in the morning till later in the afternoon. I was watering my trees. I'm going to ask Dick about that because I couldn't get to my trees till later on in the day, but all the other stuff in the garden got watered earlier in the morning. That's when I like to water. We'll see what Dick has to say. But at the end of the day, I was just, you know, you're running around dragging the hose here and there. And I just saw the swallowtails on these old-fashioned flocks plants that I actually inherited here in the garden. They've just they've been here for who knows how long. And I just I love old-fashioned flocks. It just it's almost a weed. It just does its thing. And actually, the deer will come earlier in the season. They'll they'll nip off the first buds, which will give them kind of a I don't know nature's pruning, and then they kind of branch out and bloom like crazy. And for Gosh, I busted, bet, bet it was 10 minutes where I just watched a yellow uh, swallowtail just go from flocks to flocks. There was just a little breeze, and so it was just it was just nice. Just a, a reminder that when you are busy working in the garden, it just takes some time to enjoy these uh, these last days of summer. Uh, it falls on the way. You know, whenever I see it, just one day, just you kind of look out there as the day ends, and you see, a, boy, the light. Just it's changed. The angle has has changed, and uh, fall is 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 coming. So, and even though it's going to be, I I hate, I hate this hot weather. I know Rob, you like the heat, but it's not for me. And so I'm looking forward to a change in the weather. It looks like we're going to get some rain here later in the week, which is great. But my plants, I knew I had to water yesterday, especially with this extreme heat coming up the next couple of days. 
Thanks to everybody who came to Han Nursery last week to help out Drew Matheson Greenhouse at Bidwell Training Center. We sold a lot of plants for them, which was really cool. And I ended up buying a, another Rose of Sharon. <laughs> I'm going to have to do a video about. Do you have like a warehouse? That. Do you have like a warehouse somewhere for all this stuff? <laughs> it all has to. It all has to find a place in the garden, Rob. Oh. They know where this this is going to go. But this is a really cool Rose of Sharon. It has. Uh, green and white variegated foliage, and then pink, like double, which means kind of fluffy flowers. And I, I just couldn't resist it. Uh, I had been talking to somebody uh, on online about it. I knew they they had a couple there. Uh, actually, I took one on TV. That's what it was. And then uh, somebody said, "Hey, where where'd you get that? What is that?" And there were only two left at the nursery. Uh, Jane bought one, and I bought the other because uh, you know, again, people. People either love or hate Rosa Sharon, uh, and I love them. I always have loved them. Uh, I brought, I actually brought some from my old garden 22 years ago, and they're huge trees now. And yes, they're a pain. They sprout everywhere, and they send up uh, little seedlings everywhere. But that's okay. Uh, I've got a Japanese maple out there in the corner of a bed that's just, uh, just not happy. I'm going to move it. I'm going to put the sugar tip rose of Sharon in, and there'll be no stopping that rose of Sharon. It'll be the perfect spot for it because there's a couple other different cool rose of Sharons there. So, yes, at DougOster.com, I've got that poison ivy story that I talked about last week. And, and the basis of it is uh, if you're highly allergic to poison ivy and you want to weed it, uh, you can use these things called OB gloves. They're like veterinary gloves. You can buy 100 of them, 100 pairs of them for under $20, and you just kind of reach into that uh, poison ivy and, and pull it and then turn that glove inside out. But there's more to the story. Um, you know, as I did the interview, I, I, like most gardeners, uh, it's just a wonderful story about how she has the last plant uh, that her mother gave her, this perennial hibiscus, and so, so it's just it's just a nice story. And there is a, a watering video there also, one that I did for PTL that I posted again yesterday because we are we are watering. I've actually for the first time ever started flats of cool weather greens. Usually I'm I'm doing all direct sow in the garden and then also you know buying some plants at the end of the season, but. I've been home so much. I even even spent part of the afternoon washing the greenhouse windows. So I'm looking for things to do, I guess. <laughs> but I wanted to get that I wanted to get that light coming through those that greenhouse window. But I've started um, lettuce and beets, purple kohlrabi, but two unusual things that are very easy to find. Anybody who has the Lake Valley seed rack should have these. And one's called Seven Top Turnip Greens. And whenever I mention turnip greens, people look at me like, what is it, 1930 or something? But turnip greens, this is a, a type of turnip that only makes the top greens. You don't have to worry about trying to make the root. And I grow them uh, last year and the year before, and I just love them. They're easy to grow, and they'll go into the cold weather. They might even go all winter. That's part of the, the fun of this. And then I, another thing I planted is a really weird one. It's called Hamburg rooted parsley and on the bottom it makes kind of a like a parsnip or a carrot and on the top is the foliage is like parsley only it's sweeter and it's a very old-fashioned vegetable and one i didn't really know about until i started looking through the seed rack and this is be my second season planting this and i planted it last fall it went all winter because it's a root crop i had you know i had some protection on it 
but then in the spring, I picked that top of that parsley all season long until the roots were ready, until I, I could see that it was trying to go to seed. Pulled the roots, and I just, again, I just love them. It, it's a cross between a carrot and a parsnip, so it's like a sweet root and store as well. Uh, just, just fun. I will be doing a little bit more direct sowing, again, getting ready for fall uh, as soon as the rain comes, as soon as we get this break in the weather, which I hope will be Wednesday or Thursday. I'll be back in the garden, Rob, and getting ready for fall. Running through the sprinkler, right? That's right. Did you see that video of <laughs> uh, me running through the sprinkler? Loved it, brother. <laughs> You're the best. You're incredible. A, six, a 60-year-old fat bald guy is, is jumping through the sprinkler. So what let me ask you, listen, don't let the body fool you, folks. The guy still runs. He's still in pretty good shape. Let me ask you this. And <laughs> No, wait. I, this is a serious question because, you know, people are going to go out in the garden. You being a, a runner, you have to hydrate. You know, you got to, you know, get some H2O in there before you get out and sweat it all out. Before you go out on a hot day in the garden, should you hydrate? Oh, yeah. You know, uh, actually drinking water is an important thing, very important, uh, even for young people. You know, uh, when I put my garden in, when I put the fence in, I can remember it, it was 100 degrees and super humid, and I was, you know, I was certainly 22 years younger, uh, but I didn't hydrate, and I should have, you know, and, and I felt it. Uh, but it could be serious. It could be serious when the weather, when the weather turns this hot. Just drink lots and lots of water. Take breaks. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's very important to hydrate. All right, we're going to come back. Doug has got a lot of folks that want to talk to him, plus Dick Till, one of our favorites. Davey Tree going to be here at the bottom of the hour. Going to be a great hour. Stay with us. Of course, you can always, right now, every line is on hold. You can get a question to Doug. I will relay it to him at Dollar Bank Instant Access, kdkradio.com. Good morning. All right, listen, uh, Doug is here. And, Doug, it's a pretty cool thing that they're doing out of Janoski's that pick your own weekend today, uh, 10 until 4. It's free admission. It really gives you a chance to get the peck basket and get out there and get a flavor of what it's like to work the fields, huh? Oh, man, just to see the fields. Oh, it, you know, all these years, Rob, you and I have been going out there and uh, getting that ride around the fields. Man, it's just, it's just incredible. Oh, pick your own. That sounds awesome. I would always tell Sonny, please don't drop me off because I might not be able to find my way back home. <laughs> Whatever you do, Sonny. I bet you tell a lot of people that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, not anymore. Anyway, I used to simply say, Big J, don't drop me off out here. I won't find my way back. We're also doing locally grown produce today. And, of course, Coons Market really buys from a lot of these local farmers on the uh, Coons Cooking Hour. So it really is a great time of year if you're a gardener. And, obviously, the response is incredible. So let's get going and uh, see what this gentleman has to say about tomato plants. Don. One of my favorite topics, as it is for Doug. How are you, sir? Welcome to the broadcast. Good morning. Thank you very much. Enjoy the show. Thank you. My problem is that uh, my tomato plants are getting too large now. I mean, they're starting to fall over the uh, the baskets or the you know the metal trays that I have. I was wondering if I top them off, will that uh, will that kill the plant or no? A lot of times we we will top them a little later in the season uh, just to force what's what's on there to to ripen. But uh, if it if it's, if it's becoming a problem for you, there's no problem in, in cutting them off. But I'm in the same boat you are. Uh, just because I don't have as much sun as I should, my plants go really tall. My cages are five feet tall, and they're all starting to flop over. I just kind of flop 
manually push them over and let them kind of grow on top there because I think I'm still going to get uh, some more tomatoes by the end of the season. If you've got enough tomatoes on the bottom and you don't care about what's coming on the top, you'd be fine to top them, and you would not adversely affect the plant in any way. All right? But, but that'll kill that'll kill my additional flowers if I top yeah, them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're not going to be there. You're going to you're going to cut them off, and uh, they're not you know like especially for a cherry tomato, I would want to keep that one going. But if it's a big giant beefsteak that takes 90 days to come to fruition, a lot of those tomatoes are not going to make it. But again, I love fried green tomatoes, uh, tomato chutney made from those green tomatoes. So. For me, I'm I'm never top them. I'm always maybe in end of September I'll finally cut the tops off just to force what's left there to see if I can get any color out of them. All right, congratulations to Walter, winner of that gift certificate from Circle. So, just uh, give me a little tease. Did I do the right thing asking before lopping that branch off at my home, that tree? Of course, of course. It's always good to ask for, especially when you've got an expert like Dick Till to to tell you about it. And as I said. We actually talked about it this morning, even before the show. And uh, hey, I want to put a, a a quick word in for Coons. They have uh, uh, garlic grown in the USA, and that's important. Uh, you know, if you if you buy garlic and you've seen it sprouting right away, it's probably been in ship, some shipping container coming from China. So I know that's one of the great things about Coons Market. Thank you. We appreciate that. Here's Joyce uh, in the North Hills. Basil plants for Doug Oster. Hey, Joyce. What's going, yes. what's going on with mo- those basil plants? Good morning, Doug. I don't know. I just don't seem to have any luck with basil plants. I've tried putting them in the ground different years in pots. Um, I they just, just grow like weekly, or what's going on? Um, they're just, they just, they start out good, and then they start, you know, um, waning, you know, that the leaves are smaller, they're not growing as much. I water them every day. So I have them in the pot this year. Okay. Seems like I had better luck in pots than in the ground. Um, but I don't know what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> well, you know, first off, it's been a tough year. But my basil in pots, I'm not watering every day. How big is the pot, would you say? I think it's uh, like you... eight, maybe eight inches. Uh, yeah, see, um, I think I think that's a little small. Eight to ten. I, I, I don't even know. It's not a foot. No. I would want it to. I want, would want it to be in a bigger pot because depending on how fast it dries out. The other okay. thing to think about is is giving it some some liquid fertilizer. Uh, you know, wait until we get this break in the weather. Don't let it dry out. And then if you feed it a little bit, uh, and there's any, if you go to the nursery, you're going to be able to find a, a concentrate of organic liquid fertilizer for about. Ten to fifteen dollars, and that will mm-hmm. take you all the way through this season and into next season. And if you feed that basil, I, I think you're going to see that it's, it's going to come back. I also re- recommend, uh, if you can, when you're at the nursery, see if they got some fresh basil plants and put those in too. Uh, because when we get to the end of the season, they start to flower. It, it changes the plant. They slow down right. a little bit. Uh, but I would recommend in the future a bigger pot. And and mix up your plantings. Go May twentieth, then a couple more in June, and just have a couple plants around the garden in different spots and feed them. And as long as they don't dry out, they'll come back for you, especially as the weather cools off a little bit. Okay. Melinda Roder getting ready with that news at the bottom of the hour. We'll come back, of course. Dick Till standing by. Davy Trees talking trees with Doug Oster. Doug Oster dot com. This is the Organic Gardener. Rob Pratt Sunday News Radio ten twenty KDKA. Radio.
Yes, he is. Moments away, the curtain will come up with Dick Till, Davy Tree, Talking Trees. Love that segment. Doug, just moments away with that. But in the meantime, 10th caller right now wins a $25 gift certificate from the good folks at Janoski. Second day of Pick Your Own, Pick Your Own Weekend, set to get underway at the Farm Free Admission at 10 o'clock this morning. So, folks, that number, 412-922-1020. If you're the 10th caller, you win that gift certificate from Janoski's. We are joined by Dick Till from the Davy Tree Expert Company. And, Dick, we're going to start right off the bat with watering. Oh, it has been so hot and dry. We've had a few nice rainstorms here and there, but important to keep those trees watered and something that we don't think about. And this morning, you and I are both watering in our gardens, right, or at work. Yeah, yeah, we have our little um, nursery in the back here with our plants that we sell, our trees and shrubs, and got to keep those things watered before you get them in the ground and after you get them in the ground. But as I was saying earlier, especially anything in pots, you know, usually those pots are black pots too. So if they're sitting out there in the sun, they dry out pretty quick. So is the morning the best time to water? That's what I'm always telling people. Yeah, usually, you know, if you do it in the morning and then it'll give it time to soak in to the root ball and you know, if you do it in the heat of the day, a lot of times you lose a lot in evaporation before it even has a chance to soak into the root system. So yesterday, most of the day, you know, I started in the morning watering. Then later in the day, though, you know, I just, I just didn't get to my trees. So I was laying the hose at the bottom of my young trees about 6 o'clock at night and letting it kind of soak in at the bottom. Right. Yeah, and that's good at nighttime, too. Um you know, as long as you're not getting it on the foliage, main thing, just soak the roots. You don't want to do any overhead watering. And, you know, if you get the leaves wet, then they'll stay wet, and then they're more susceptible to leaf diseases and, you know, other fungal problems. So how do I know which trees to water, and how do I know how much water to put on? <laughs> it's always a mystery to me. Yeah, well, if they're brand-new trees, trees and shrubs, with weather like this, you almost got to water them every day. And you just want to, you know, every day to every other day. And sometimes you just got to get down there and stick your finger in the soil and, you know, see if it's moist. But if you have, like, an average brand-new tree that's two inches in diameter, you know, that usually has about a, you know, 24, 32-inch root ball, you'd want to put the hose down and let that soak in for, you know, at least 15 to 20 minutes, and you want a good deep watering, but then you want to kind of let it drain through before you water it again. You don't want to keep it saturated. Yeah, uh, overwatering can be as bad as underwatering, right? Yeah, especially around here with our clay soils. You know, we it's called a bathtub effect, and, um, you know, go look at some newly planted trees and the people say, I'm water, I'm water, and look at it. And you can move it around in the hole. The tree's almost floating in the, too much water. What is a gator bag? Well, they're a, uh, it's a big plastic bag that you actually wrap around. Well, it doesn't, it's not tight on the trunk there, but it sits on top of the root ball, and you fill it up with water. I think they'll hold 15 gallons of water. And there's a couple holes at the bottom that it just slowly leaks out and slowly waters the plants. What size tree are you using those on? Um, usually those trees are around 2 inch, 2 to 3 inch. 
and there's other a little watering thing called a donut. You know, it kind of looks like a an old tire or inner tube that you wrap around the tree, and we use that on smaller ones that doesn't hold quite as much water. And when trees do dry out, they are susceptible to all sorts of other problems, right? Yeah, yeah. Even the big. Yeah, what are you What are you seeing out there? Well, there's uh, borers out there that really take advantage of the stressed trees. And, um, you know, once the borers get under the bark and they start eating the sapwood and the cambium there, you know, they it's just like girdling a tree there. They shut off the flow of water and nutrients up to the leaves, and the leaves aren't sending food back down to the roots. And uh, the borers can sense weakened plants, and they really go after them. And there's also canker diseases, uh, like on you know every mature blue spruce you see around here with the bottom branches dying. Mm-hmm. That's a, a fungal disease called cytospora canker. And again, when the ground's dry, the little microscopic plumbing, the tubes in the tree, aren't moving materials up and down. And this wilt disease is called a vascular wilt. It actually plugs up those little tubes. So if there's nothing moving up and down the tubes, the fungus plugs them up even quicker in this heat. All right, now let's talk about Rob's tree. I've been talking with Rob over the last month about his tree, and when I saw the pictures that he sent me, I was like, I have no idea. And it kind of of shows that it's always better to have a tree expert in front of the tree, but what do you think in there? What? Can, is, can you identify the tree from that picture? It's from far away. Yeah, I just <clears throat> had a couple other questions there for Rob. If yeah, are, are the leaves are they like purplish leaves and yes. kind of green at the bottom? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and that's I get people all the time that'll send me a picture. You know, what is this or what's wrong with this? And unless you're looking at it in person, because a lot of times looking at the bark, looking at the buds, you know, those are all. Real identifying features. And, Dick, I'll be honest with you. I wasn't sure to show you the, the, the picture from a distance or to hold a, a leaf in my hand or to show you the trunk, the tree, I, I, the branches. I wasn't exactly sure. So, yep. really, oh, pictures uh, are good, but it's better if you would be there, right? Right, right. But if you would have sent all of the above, everything you just said, then it would have made it a little bit easier. But I'm looking at this kind of scraggly tree laying on your roof there, and it's pretty hard to identify but it does look like a schubert choke cherry that's what i'm pretty sure what it is there so what's that mean well well rob what's going what's going on with the branches where no, are it's they a, it's a, i have a few of them that have kind of grown out very small but enough to kind of be a, a pain as far as the the garage door and i didn't know if i could just you know clip or prune a little or i really had to get a professional arborist in there to to do more than that as opposed to just taking a branch or two or a section or two so what's 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 your advice yeah well the main thing you don't want it laying on the roof there cuz it looked like it was laying on the roof pretty good and then when the wind blows you know it can scrape on the shingles and pull the shingles up and then uh-huh you know um <clears throat> with all the shade there you can get moss on the roof and then of course all the crap that goes into the gutters too but yeah you just Go back, you know, pick uh, a nice spot to cut it back where it connects to a main branch and make a good, decent cut. Don't leave a stub on there. And, uh, you know, what you do, make a few cuts and stand back and look at it and make sure you're not misshaping it or taking too much off it there. Got it. But, yeah, it would be good to have somebody take a look at it in person and really 
give it a good looking at. I appreciate. No, I just want. Appreciate that. I just want to see. I just want to see a video of Rob doing that. That's what I want to see. <laughs> well, then there would be a funeral mass for the tree. <laughs> so no, no, we're not, we're going to get a professional in there for sure. And Davy Tree is the professional. But you know, it just gives you a, an idea. I was overthinking it, but when it comes to a tree, you really should overthink it. And more pictures, the better, as opposed to someone's a, a line of sight seeing it in person. So it's oh, okay I, to send I multiple pictures, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, more. But I don't think you, I don't think you overthought it at all, Rob. I thought I think you're you're doing the right thing by being cautious by sending it to an expert, and then the, then the expert can tell you, yeah, sure, you'd like more pictures, but at least at least we can get started. And the thing is, when you have an arborist come out, they come out for free. That's a, a great thing, right, Dick? Yeah, yep. Even if we don't do anything, you know, we just come out and tell you what's going on, and uh, I'll have that. Uh, quite a few times for my clients, I'll say, you know, your tree's in good shape. It doesn't even really need anything. And, you know, they say, oh, what do I owe you? I say, nothing. Just give me a call when you need something there. Well, here was the best part of this whole conversation, and I didn't even think about this because I thought the branches, you know, shade, sun. I'm not thinking wind and rain. They're up over the roof a little bit. It's the garage. It's not the house. So be it. But it can be problems for a rooftop, especially shingles and more, and the gutters and downspouts if you don't take care of that that overlapping on the roof. Right, Dick? Yeah, yeah, especially if you have big evergreens like pines or spruces that are hanging over and the needles are falling in the gutters and plugging up your gutters and then the acid from the needles decomposing start to weaken your gutters. And, yeah, it's just good to keep them away from the buildings. But... In the beginning, it's better not to plant the tree right next to the garage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. I, I'll take right, blame Dick. for everything, but I didn't plant that tree. Anyway, go <laughs> ahead. Go ahead, Doug. All right, Dick, you stick with us. Uh, we'll see if we get some tree questions here in the next segment. For more information about uh, Davy Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees, go to Davy.com slash KDKA. And remember, you can always call the experts from Davy Tree at 855 98 tree that's 855-982-8733 all right great stuff guys we'll come back on the other side quick look at sports commercial break and then it'll be doug and dick to the top of the hour lots of phone calls and then it's the coons cooking hour locally grown produce and john clemens produce manager of all of your coons markets will join us on the disc institute of pittsburgh newsline good morning Ah, uh, yes, he is. Dick Tilstow here from Davy Tree. Let's get to the phones, and we're going to say hi to Dan in Penn Hills. Hey, Dan, how you doing? Good morning. Using my cell phone. How you doing, Dan? Welcome to the program. Good to have you on the air. Whoop. Go ahead, Dan. Uh, all right, you got any callers? Yeah, Dan, go. Yeah, yeah, Doug, this is Dan. Uh, I was picking my cucumbers yesterday, and uh, I noticed on the skin there's a bunch of lines. Looks like a bug chewed them. Uh, what would cause that? Bunch of lines that look like some kind of bug chewed them and left behind brown sugar on them. What looks like brown sugar? Hmm. Is it on the fruit itself? Yes, sir. All right. Well, I've seen a little bit of this, and I I think it's just it's just heat and water stress. Uh, it's you know I've I've been looking at the different fruits pictures that of fruit that people have been sending me and. Uh, it's not any of the major diseases for vine crops, so probably just a, a uh, heat and water stress issue, and nothing really to worry. All right. Uh, when you do, when you do use that uh, cucumber, just just peel it first. Thank you for the call. Let's get Brad on the air here. Last call of the day. Hey, Brad. Good morning, fellas. Morning. I got something unusual happened to my lettuce uh, this year. 
we bought a dozen of head lettuce plants and planted them, and they never got heads. They just grew up like a small miniature Christmas tree, big at the bottom and come up to a peak at the top. I don't know what happened to that. Brad, did it did it start to make seeds, make flowers? Not yet. Yeah, I think what happened there is 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 just it got so hot so quick that the plant did something which we we call bolting, which means going to seed. And so that's what I think you're going to see. You're going to see that thing starting to go to seed. And we see that a lot, especially because I think what happened before you even got those head lettuce plants, they were subjected to heat and, and probably water stress. And so they're never going to head up in those conditions. And so yeah, I mean, whatever you got there now before you go go to seed, I would just I would I would take a, a a taste of those leaves that are on there, and if they're still edible, I would harvest everything there because they're not going to head up at this point. And then right. there's still time to to replant after we get through this hot weather. You know, these next few days of hot weather. Once we get a break in the weather, if you could find some fresh uh, head lettuce plants, you'd be good to go. And uh, Going in from August into September, October, when these cooler temperatures, you're going to have a better chance of that plant heading up and to get those okay, nice well. uh, lettuce heads. All right. Thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Doug, we got about a minute. So you and Dick Till, go ahead. All right, Dick. So all about watering. Um, again, the importance of, of especially young trees, uh, getting water on them dick right right yeah if, if they start to dry out too much uh, then a lot of times there's no coming back and uh again you got to just keep an eye on the the leaves and the bark if you see any holes in the bark you know it's a sign you got boars and on the leaves right now there's mites and aphids and scale out there and um luckily for the most part the bagworms are pretty much done but if you see an arborvitae or a spruce tree at the top, it looks like it's dying back. You take a closer look, you'll see the little bags hanging there, and they were bagworms are real bad this year. But best all right, Rob, are we ready eye. or good time? No, we are ready. Remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer each with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. All right, Dick Till, thank you. Doug, always a pleasure. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned. The news at 8 coming up next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t